Hey, listeners, before we get started, if you're enjoying these episodes, you can actually check them out on YouTube in full video. You can just search Honest Ecommerce and you'll get pulled right to our channel. Make sure you subscribe and ring the bell for all the updates. Your main advantage against these massive companies is your speed and your ability to iterate and try different things. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. Today, we are welcomed by two amazingly smart entrepreneurs and very nice gentlemen. They let me reschedule this uh, because of some technical issues. So I can't thank them enough for that. Today, we're welcoming to the show Rob and Raja. I will keep the uh, product a secret for a second. Uh, it's a very good one. But like before we get into the product and launching a, uh, a very unique brand direct-to-consumer, uh, let's talk a bit about your guys' backgrounds and what got you here. Uh, so Rob, why don't you lead us off? Yeah, sure. Um, so... Uh, I uh, was born and raised in Maryland, um, right outside DC. And um, you know, I went to University of Maryland for undergrad. And while I was in school, I joined the Marines because um, uh, I, I just, you know, it's something I had to do. And, um, you know, it took a year off of school to take part in the invasion of Iraq in 2003. So, you know, punched through Kuwait, took Baghdad, um, ran missions down south uh, after the invasion, and then, you know, came back to school. Um, after I, I came back, I graduated, um, worked, moved to New York, uh, did investment banking for a few years with UBS, and then uh, decided that I just always wanted to do an Ironman triathlon, and I always wanted to live in South America. So I just put both of those together. Um so I trained in the mountains in Ecuador for six months. I trained in the mountains in Colombia for six months. And I finished the race out in Brazil, came back to New York, worked at Goldman Sachs on the prop desk for a bit, and then went to Wharton for business school, which is where I met Raja. And then so, but after school, uh, I just decided I want to start my own company. So um, at the same time, I wanted to live in Korea. So I moved to Korea, uh, just to kind of look at different ideas. Uh, meet different people. And that's where I met my co-founders um, for my previous company. It was called SlideJoy. It was an app. Moved back to New York, started that company. Uh, after a few years, sold it um, to a Korean company. I, I, I you know, headed up the US office for that company for a few years. And then... But along the way, I was just kind of thinking, well, you know, what's a good uh, consumer product uh, like a physical product versus like a, an app, uh, a piece of software. Um, cause I felt like that has just a little bit more character and personality behind it. But before I, I go on, I think maybe our intro of Raja would be, um, would be good. Yeah. Um, awesome. Thanks Rob. So yeah, I'm originally from Queens, New York. Um, my parents moved to Southern California when I was 11 years old and pretty much have been in California since then. Um, I went to UCLA for undergrad and after college, uh, like Rob, I worked in investment banking for a couple of years. Uh, really great experience, really kind of a tough, rigorous place to work. Uh, at the same time, very quickly realized I was not going to want to do that for the rest of my life. 
uh, ended up working for a company that did financing of um, Hollywood, major Hollywood films. So I ended up working for them, kind of building out um, financial models and kind of you know, financing some of the top films from 2008 to 2010 that I was there. Realized, you know, I didn't necessarily want to do that either. Um, also went to business school where Rob and I were in the same section. Um, and then after business school, I also thought, you know, I want to work in technology. Um, I ended up working at Facebook and Instagram um, post-acquisition for, for about five years. Uh, worked with some of the largest advertisers in the world, and helped them kind of plan and prepare and use the tools available uh, on Facebook and Instagram to build their own marketing channels and build, you know, acquire customers and do the same things that kind of you know we, we've been doing, um, but obviously on a much smaller scale. Um, worked there for about five years, was you know a great great time, but also realized you know thinking back to even my original jobs in investment banking and other places, I always wanted to be on the other other side of the table. Like I was, was more interested in learning what the, the companies are doing or what our clients are doing rather than being the person advising them or being the person that's kind of working with them, helping them raise money, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I wanted to start something and my family background, um, my entire family is pretty much in the apparel industry, but nobody's ever really created a brand. Um, and so, you know, but it was really about selling physical products, importing, exporting, that sort of thing. So while I've been around that, world, um, I knew I wanted to do something in e-commerce. And then Rob kind of approached me with this idea because um, I told him I was leaving. I was leaving Facebook and he was just like, all right, I have an idea. <laughs> Before we get to that idea, I do want to ask you guys a, a very specific question because it's it's very rare that I have uh, two co-founders on the show at the same time. So uh, with and this might be a um, uh, something that a lot of our listeners are experiencing now with should I have a co-founder and if so like how does the division of power work or or or, or what are some of the best practices in finding a co-founder for like a, a direct consumer CPG brand? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was, um, you know, I looked at Raj, I was like, Hey, man, you have great hair. And I mean, obviously, I have great hair, too. So we should just do something together, you know, and now seriously, though, I, I think I think what we what we found found is that um, it's just complementary skill sets. I think that's what you need to look for. You know, I, I actually teach a class on entrepreneurship um, at NYU. And one of the one of the things that I preach is I say, look, like, Figure out what you need uh, in terms of skills in order to get to where you want to get with the company, um, and then you have to know yourself. You have to understand what are your uh, limitations, what are your strengths, uh, what are your interests, and then check the boxes of what are of what the skills are um, that you have or what the company needs. And then there's going to be a, a big list of things that um, like you're just not good at or interested in or you know, that you don't know well and um, find somebody or people who do fill in those blanks. And I think that's, that's the way to think about it. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're somebody who could build a product, who is able to market very well, who's able to also do operations and knows how to run a business from a financial standpoint, um, focusing on metrics, then by, and, and you have all the time in the world, then by all means, no. But um, if you don't have everything there, then it's it's going to be tough. Um, not to say that there aren't very successful, you know, solo founders out there. Um, and it, it's it's also a matter of at what point of the stage of the company do you need what type of skill, right? And if you're able to start 
as a solo founder, uh, get it to a point where you could attract another founder, but you that you know where you need that skill at that moment, then you know like that's another way to do it. But um, yeah, sorry, that was a little long winded, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to derail the conversation too much. Yeah, I can I can just like I'll, I'll cap that off with I think if you I think these days it's totally possible to be a solo founder, um, you know, sourcing products, especially in e-commerce. I mean, with Shopify being so dominant, um, you know, you can plug in so many different apps to Shopify that can control a lot of what you're doing. You can use a 3PL. You can use so many, you know, so many ways to just outsource a lot of the the, the work required. But I think for us, it's it's a lot about, you know, it's also about trust. It's also about, you know, a willingness to just kind of dig in and then also have someone along there for the ride. I mean, I've definitely seen friends and, you know, uh, people in my family also who, who are solo founders and it gets, it gets lonely, you know, like entrepreneurship is hard. Startups are hard. Having other people there with you is just, you know, it's sometimes, you know, it could be a lot more fun. It could be a lot more um, collaborative. And sometimes when you are just kind of on that Island on your own, there's a lot of power, but then there's also, you know, when things get rough, it's, you know, you're going to be, seeking help outside a little bit. And I think, you know, with us, we, we just have a, you know, I don't think we covered every single skill that, that Rob mentioned when we started, but we had a willingness to just learn and a trust that the other person is going to learn this thing and do it, you know, 80, 90% as well as an expert in that, in that world. And so I think the willingness to just pick different things up and say like, Hey, I'm not great at legal. I don't even enjoy it, but I'll deal with the lawyers, you know, I'll deal with all of this trademark stuff that we're doing and we'll, we'll just keep, let's just, you know, the rest of the things just keep going while, while I work on this. Absolutely. You guys shared a lot of amazing stuff there. You know, I, I think that some of the highlights were, you know, you definitely want a founder, uh, the yin to your yang, I guess, like you don't, you don't want two highly technical co-founders because then you have the same skills that you could both be working on. And then where you're lacking, you're both lacking. So it doesn't really make the best match, I guess, is that something I kind of wanted to highlight. Um, and then trust, like Raja yeah. talked about, you need to, you're, you need to date this person, honestly, yeah. like you can't, uh, you can't dive into a business partnership without knowing somebody really. Cause mm -hmm. I, I think I talked to my co-founder more than I talked to some previous girlfriends. Like it's a very, it's a very hands-on relationship. Yeah, definitely. So with that, I think we can, you know, uh, we can kind of pivot to the product a bit because I, I guess relationships have a lot to do with your product. So Rob, where were you saw uh, you saw a uh, you saw a gap in the market? I guess I'll, I'll let you tell the story. Yeah, I saw, I saw a gap in the market. I decided to attack it. Um, so uh, so we sell condoms, um, and the way we got there is, uh, you know, I was. Now, working in corporate America, and I realized that my sense of humor is um, not appropriate for a professional setting. So I uh, decided that, you know, I was thinking about what's a product that would be conducive to me making dick jokes all day. And, um, you know, condoms were it, right? So, uh, no. Uh, so uh, basically, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you use condoms, but everybody who uses condoms hates that, hates condoms. Right. Like, no, I don't think everybody, anybody out there is like, oh, I love using condoms. Like nobody likes using condoms. Um, and I was just, you know, I was single for like 13 years. I'm, you know, I'm happily married now, but I was single for like 13 years. I'm like, I hate using condoms. And I'm like, why, why, you know, why is that? And I did a little digging. Um, and I've tried condoms from, you know, different countries or whatever too. And I realized that the condoms in America just suck. 
right? Um, like, and they don't have to suck. And I was looking into kind of why. And um, what I found was that there's three companies that are 90% of the market, um, and they're each all over, they're all over 100 years old. So, you know, generally, older companies are not as innovative, um, especially if they're entrenched in the market, right? So they don't have an incentive to provide the market a good product. Um, they're, uh, they're in every single pharmacy chain. They're at your drugs, you know, at the convenience store that you pick, pick up condoms. Like it's just, they're just ubiquitous, right? Like I walked in, um, in college to a CVS and, uh, every, everything that I saw on the rack was pretty much just Trojan. You know, there's 70% of the market. And, um, what, so I was, at, for 10 years, I was, I was just using Trojans and I never thought twice about it because that was literally the only option that I had. Um, and, uh, but then, you know, after trying different condoms, I was like, whoa, like it doesn't have to be this way. Um, so that was something that was attractive, um, to me. And then, uh, the other side is, um, on the branding side, right? Like Trojan man, he kind of epitomizes what toxic masculinity is, right? Like you have to sound or be a certain type of way to be considered manly. Um, and you know, I, I'm, you know, you look at me, I'm not like a, a big dude, like I'm a skinny guy. Right. And, um, and I, and I struggled, you know, when I was younger with like, Oh, am I manly enough? Right. Like, and I think that kind of led me to kind of overshoot, right? Like I'm like, Oh, I, if I'm going to join the military and I want to serve them, I should join the Marines because that's, you know, the hardest branch or, you know, I'm like, well, I'm not going to do a 5k because that's not manly enough. I'm going to do an Ironman. Right. Like I think that, that definitely made, uh, a, an impact on the decisions that I made in my life. And after doing those things, I just kind of look back and I'm like, why the fuck did I do that? You know, like I, I, and, and I think, I think the conclusion was, well, you know, I, I think I am, I am manly enough. I think this, what I needed to do is just accept that for what it is. Right. And, uh, being confident and accepting kind of yourself is manly, right? Like confidence is attractive. Confidence is, uh, sexy. It's man, it, it is manly, right? And like people just respond to that. So, uh, in terms of our brand, what we want to go out with is just say, look, do you own it? And that in and of itself is manly, whatever that is, right? And so I, I think from a branding perspective, from a product perspective, there was a lot of opportunities that we, um, that we just identified and we just wanted to do something about it. And dick jokes. We get to make dick jokes all day. Huh? And dick jokes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. So let's talk about, uh, let's talk about launching a, well, my first question for you would be is with launching a product like this, there's obviously, uh, regulations to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, how is that journey? Yeah, definitely. I was going to say condoms are actually class two medical devices that are regulated by the FDA. So any condom you see on the shelves is, you know, the, the manufacturer is inspected by the FDA. They've been cleared uh, by the FDA. So we had to go through that same process ourselves. So we had to jump through a few hoops. We had to work with manufacturers that are approved to uh, by the FDA to distribute within the United States. And then we had to ourselves register with the FDA and, you know, work on that. And, and, you know, there was a bit of a, there were a bit of hurdles on the way because as products get imported into the country, um, you know, it goes through customs and then it goes through the FDA. And then sometimes they take samples and they test them again. 
um, because you know there is a lot of uh, unlike let's say a, a razor where if a razor doesn't work um, you get kind of a cut on your neck and you're like hey I'm never going to use that razor if you if your condom doesn't work um, you know it could be there could be much more um, I guess life life altering sort of uh, things that occur as a result so you know we definitely don't want that and you know it's it's great that there are some hoops to jump through um, in a sense for us because I think it provides uh, a market where there's fewer players, you know, there, there's less um, competition in a way than let's say we start an apparel brand where there's just, there's you know, probably a million apparel, apparel brands. Yeah. So um, like the way we approached it is, you know, we, we went to manufacturers um, and talked about how we wanted to you know, come up with just the best content that we could. Um, so we, we work with the manufacturer come out with um, like kind of work on a formulation uh, came out with something that we really liked, um, and kind of piggybacked off of their. Uh, they have uh, their relationships with the FDA. They have, and um, through that, we're able to get it um, cleared. Uh, so, yeah, um, it's it's definitely a process, but um, uh, we think it's worth it. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Eye can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E.io. Mesa is the expansion pack for your Shopify store to level up your brand. By turning all your apps into your business epicenter, Mesa can help lighten your workload and tame the day-to-day chaos of running your store. Join successful brands like Mudwater, Chubbies, and Golden to learn how to use clever workflows to get more done without more overhead. Whether you need to order details in Google Sheets, products added on Etsy, or customer information updated in your CRM, Mesa connects your data where it's needed most. To put it quite simply, Mesa is a better way to work. Browse pre-made templates for Shopify's most popular apps to get your first automation up and running in minutes. Search Mesa, that's M-E-S-A, in the Shopify App Store and download the app today. Is your store holiday ready? Now is the time to make sure you and your team are prepared for the busy season ahead. Gorgeous, an omni-channel help desk built for e-commerce has machine learning functionality that takes the pressure off small support teams and gives them the tools to manage a large number of inquiries at scale, especially during the holiday season. Gorgeous combines all your different communication channels like email, SMS, social media, live chat, and even phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all your customer inquiries. Their powerful functionality can save your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. Merchants can close tickets faster than ever with the help of pre-written responses integrated with customer data to increase the overall efficiency of customer support. Their built-in automations also free up time for support agents to give better answers to complex product-related questions, providing next-level support, which helps increase sales, brand loyalty, and recognition. Eric Bandholtz, the founder of Beard Brand, says, We're a seven-figure business, and we have essentially one person on customer support and experience. It's impossible to do it without tools such as Gorgeous to help us innovate. Learn how to level up your customer support by speaking to their team. Visit gorgeous.grsm.io slash honest. Mention this podcast when you sign up to get two months free. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot G-R-S-M dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. 
Today's show is sponsored by the B Profit app for e-commerce sellers. If you're looking to get a crystal clear picture of your online store's profitability, the best way to do that is with the B Profit Profit Tracker. Your online business probably has a ton of different expenses that often shift and change. What if you could keep accurate track of things like ad spend and production costs and get an accurate profit margin calculation without the headache of spreadsheets or half-baked apps? That's where B Profit comes in. B Profit lets you analyze all of your store's data quickly and accurately to stay on track and optimize your profits. I know a lot of our listeners out there probably keep track of their profits and expenses with a spreadsheet. That will work for a while, but as your store starts to scale up, that simply isn't a viable method of accurately measuring profitability anymore. B Profit can change all of that for you. Available on Shopify and all the other top e-commerce platforms, the app offers advanced analytic tools to turn mountains of data into intuitive charts and graphs in the blink of an eye. Customize your dashboard, discover valuable insights, and zoom in on the metrics that matter most to you. Take it a step further and gain full control over your data by creating and exporting custom reports. You can even find out which are your most valuable products, top performing ads, best customer cohorts, and so much more with the B Profit Profit Tracker. Visit bprofit.co today to start your seven day trial. Don't forget to use code HONEST15, that's H O N E S T 15, to get an exclusive 15% off any plan you choose for the lifetime of your plan. That's bprofit.co, discount code H O N E S T 15. Getting an online business off the ground isn't easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Clavio is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up your free Clavio account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at clavio.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. And uh, you spoke a little bit earlier about all these legacy brands that were just entrenched. And you know, I agree that a lot of legacy brands, they spend more money on marketing than they do product innovation. Um, I know you guys did some new, unique things with uh, innovation. So I'll, I'll give you some kind to kind of shine the product right now. So overall, like the way we like to pitch is we say, look, like you, you won't know that it's on. Um, and actually, we have a lot of reviews. Uh, we have like over, you know, 500 reviews. And a lot of them talk about how they really can't tell. Like some of them will say, I thought it came off. So I pulled out and I checked and it was on. And it's like, and you know, to see if it was still there because I was freaking out, but it, it was still there. Um, and so overall, that's, that's what we, um, that was, that was our goal, right? Like, cause one, we just don't want to take away from the experience. Uh, two, it's, um, so it doesn't smell like going along with the experience. Like, you know, when you open up a Trojan or these other brands, it's like you just hit with a waft of like latex, right? And, um, it's something I never really noticed, but, um, what, what we found is that it's in the, pr- the process of, ma- of, of making the latex. Um, it's, it's, uh, there's a dairy byproduct called casein that's used by these legacy brands. Um, and that's actually what makes it smell like latex. It's not the latex ex- itself. So, um, that just draws it out even more. Um, so, uh, by bypassing, um, the casein, uh, one, it's vegan. So it's, uh, it's, you know, I, I think it opens it up to a different market, but, 
Two, it just makes it not smell as bad. Um, you could hardly smell like our condoms. So it doesn't take away from the experience in that perspective. Um, and then lastly, it's just, it doesn't have, um, you know, like nitrosamines or uh, glycerin, paraben, like all these other ingredients that, um, you know, these other condom brands use. Um, but ours don't have that. So it's just better ingredients. It doesn't smell. It just feels a lot better. Um, and so the idea is you, you could have safe sex, but it feels like regular sex. Um, so that's, that's, that's pretty much it. All right, so you've got you've got a, a, a market that you, you're ready to penetrate. You've got a great um, product that you're going to. How do you take how do you take this product to market? How do you launch a brand like this online? I mean, I think um, you know we we launched with a lot of ideas, and we thought that all right, this is going to be great. Uh, I've got experience working with huge brands on Facebook and Instagram, and honestly, we launched and there was no reaction whatsoever. It was just like getting punched in the mouth. We were like. Huh, this is going to be huge. This is going to be amazing. And then the reaction just wasn't there. And what we learned is that the number one thing, obviously, in our product category is just building trust. And as a new brand with no reviews, with nothing that proves what we're trying to claim, it was just really hard. You know, in our product category, it, it was very, very difficult. But, you know, over time, developing that trust, getting that customer feedback, getting those reviews in, getting, you know, ranked by men's health and other um, PR, you know, sort of pieces out there, it actually really helps because now it develops trust. We get, you know, reviewers, we have people who are, you know, sex experts, things like that. We just do honest reviews of, of products online and we keep on ranking, we keep on showing up. And I think over time that that trust just sort of really it builds a huge halo effect around what you're trying to say, because now what we're saying in our ads matches what when people land on our website matches if they search for us they look for us on Amazon all across the board the reviews are great the feedback is great um, you know there are articles about us so it takes time you know but developing that trust developing that customer feedback loop and and kind of building it up over time it actually you know it expands your your growth over time so it actually accelerates you know quite a bit but the start, the start is really, really difficult. I mean, it's, it's for any, for any brand, you know, but yeah. especially in our category, it's like, what is going to make someone try a new condom brand? You know, to Rob's point, like you know, men generally, if you ask them about condoms, they talk about how much they hate them, but um, are they really going to switch a brand that's worked for them for five years, 10 years? They really haven't had any issues. Um, you know, that, that leap of faith, you know, that takes a little bit more work on our side, kind of building and developing trust and developing um, a rep reputation for making quality products. Absolutely. Now, in in the uh, you know that that launching phase in getting things off the ground, is there any uh, mistakes that you made? Anything that comes to mind that you kind of want to be like, hey, don't do this? I, I think. I mean, yes. Like we we made a lot of mistakes or just i don't know if they're mistakes they're just things that we just didn't do as well as we could have or should have um and i think that's you just kind of have to see it as like a learning process mm -hmm. right like because you have your first website and you're like you have no idea if it's going to convert right like you think it converts and will convert but you have no idea right and i think it's just a it's just the process right like what what like understanding what are they looking what is a customer looking for um, to get that conversion rate from, uh, you know, I think I have a 0.25 to like, a, you know, I think it's like five to 7% right now for us, you know, so 
that's a learning process. Like, I don't think that we could feel confident about what we're doing right now if we didn't do all those things before, because you have to try different things in order to feel confident and understand like what you're doing right versus what you're doing wrong. Um, so I think at least my advice would just be, um, there's no real right and wrong. It's just, are you heading in the right direction? And, um, have it, you have the right mindset, um, and mentality versus, Hey, do this, do that, like tactics. It's cause it's, it's, it's just a learning process. Also, you know, I think with the website, you know, that, that's probably the biggest one where we launched thinking we have a website that's a work of art and realistically it just didn't convert, you know? And so understanding those steps that it takes and kind of like, you know, listening to podcasts like yours, even and finding out like, Hey, it's not the brand that has the most beautiful website that's converting the best. And actually what matters to us is to convert the best as we're building a business. And so you, you know, you do things that maybe aesthetically you're like, I don't know why, you know, this is something that would help, but in reality, Hey, like it helps. Like, you know, we had a really funny GIF, GIF when, when we first launched our website, the first thing you saw was this very, uh, entertaining, I would say, um, GIF. and the thing is like, people would look at it and then bounce just repeatedly bounce. And we were like, man, but this is so funny. Where do we include it? And to this day, we haven't figured out where to include it, how to include it, bring it back. But once we removed it, you know, our conversion rate went up and that's kind of what mattered at the time. Absolutely. And, uh, and I am thankful that you kind of shared uh, and, and it kind of uh, came back at me with, you know, they weren't really mistakes. They were learning opportunities. Um, and, and I think, you know, that just instills, it's like, just make a decision because you, what that t- says is like it doesn't. You're not going to ruin your business by making the wrong decision. It's just you're going to learn from it, and then you're going to correct. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a it's a process. It's not like hey, you you know you put something out there and then boom, like that's it. Like no, you should be working on it and iterating and learning and you know just getting improving on it all the time. You know, so that's that's kind of how that's the approach that we take. Yeah. Um, to what we're doing. Yeah. And- I think as an entrepreneur, your your brand feels like your baby and you don't want to do things that are going to ruin your brand or, you know, affect your brand. But realistically, you know, unless you're Nike, Apple, those types of brands, every little thing you do isn't going to reach the masses at this point. You know, you have the ability that that's your main advantage against these massive companies is your speed and your ability to iterate and try different things. Because it's much more difficult for the incumbents to try those types of things or do those types of things. They're slower moving. So if you don't move faster, it, you have no advantage as a startup. So, you know, we have to start somewhere and, and, you know, chase to your point, we have to just choose an answer knowing that we might have to change it in a week. We might have to change it in a day if things, um, you know, didn't go in the direction we wanted, but we have the ability to do that. And we have a mindset that says we're going to make those changes as quickly as we need to. Uh, in order to get things in going in the right direction. Absolutely. Um, is there anything that I forgot to ask you about today that you think would resonate with our audience? I, I have something. I think um, you just it, the brand is like a representation of you, you know. Um, and I think you have to think about, um, or you should think about, or maybe about, or I should think about, you know, how how to present myself. Right. Like there are times, like let's say in like when we have like an ad and people comment on them, they're definitely very inappropriate comments. 
that uh, come in that are just not like, I, I mean, I, I would love, love to respond to them in a very mean way. Let's just put it like that way. But, you know, I just hold back. Um, and because it's, it's the, the brand is a representation of who you are. And uh, I'm like, maybe, I, it, and that actually helps me be a better person, right? Because <laughs> I'm like, eh, maybe I just don't need to engage everybody. You know, and I think that's, that's definitely helped. Um, but always think of the brand as like you, right? Like, and, and in terms of, but on the other side, it's like, what are your strengths? Right. And because that's what you want to play on for your brand. Like that's, um, as a founder, as in a, in a very early stage, uh, product and brands, like it's, it's going to take on who you are. So you have to understand, like, what are your strengths? And how can you impart that onto the brand so that people are just going to like it? And I think that's, um, that's something to think about. Um, so understand what are your negatives that you don't want to get out there? What are the positives that you do want to get out there? Because that is a reflection of you. Raj, anything to add? Um, no, I mean, I think, I think, uh, you know, we, I think for us, it's really just, um, about, you know, building the trust with the relationship with, with the customer is kind of everything. So to Rob's point, you know, those comments, they make, they make a big difference and you have to hold back. You have to, you know, be measured in your responses and mm-hmm. kind of understand that you're building this for mm-hmm. not for the immediate um, clap back, the clout you get from that clap back, um, that sort of thing. Although we do that a fair amount sometimes. Um, but I think that, you know, we're really yeah. just building this for the next five, 10 years and seeing how we can develop this, this brand into something that lives, um, you know, lives outside of us as well. So it's, you know, it's something that having the mentality that, hey, we're not in this for just the quick, the quickie, you know, where we're actually in this for, for the long haul. And I think the the other side, you know, not to say that every comment that we get is like terrible. Or they, I think that's, that's an exaggeration, right? Like, actually, most of our comments are great. Um, and I think that's actually what helped us build our brand because, you know, our interactions with people who have fun comments and then just kind of, building that rapport is what made them say, Hey, like, this is a cool brand or this, you know, these people, I could actually trust them because I'm interacting with them and building that relationship is what made them make that purchase and take that kind of leap of faith to say, I'm going to try a new condo, you know? And then that's kind of what, what started this whole, um, you know, the ball rolling down the hill. So I think that's, it's like, you know, knowing that, Hey, like, I think me saying, all right, I'm not going to respond to this one, uh, but I will respond to that one. And that's, that's actually led to a lot of positive things for us. And I think that's, that's kind of what, yeah, I think that's, that's one thing that uh, I think people should, should keep in mind. Absolutely. Now, um, for the people that are curious, where should they go to actually check out the product and, and the website that we were, we've been talking about? If you go to psgoodtimes.com. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for coming on today. Thank you, Chase. Yeah, no, thanks for having us. It's been, uh, it's been great. All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.